Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 154 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news coverage in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big game out last week was Trek to Yomi, and the games coming out this week include Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition, We Were Here Forever, Iodin Chronicle Rising, Source of Madness, Flippin' Cactus, Infinite Links, Paratopic, Airy A New Frontier, and Evil Dead the Game. An update to games coming soon and out now on Xbox Game Pass, and they include the following. You can now play NBA 2K2 on Cloud and Console, Loot River on Cloud Console and PC, Truck Tiomi on Cloud Console and PC, Citizen Sleeper on Cloud Console and PC. On May 10th, you can play Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition on Cloud Console and PC, as well as Aiden Chronicle Rising on Cloud Console and PC, This War of Mine Final Cut on Cloud Console and PC, and then on May 12th, you can play NHL 22 on console. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Xbox Cloud Gaming's growth and evolution. This is over on Xbox Wire from Catherine Glickstein, Vice President and Head of Product at Xbox Cloud Gaming. It is our mission Xbox to bring the joy and community to gaming by putting players at the center of everything we do. We want to empower everyone around the world to play the games they want with the people they want on the devices they already own. We call this Xbox Everywhere. As we look to make gaming more accessible to even more people and reach the 3 billion players globally, we've invested heavily in the cloud, both for players so they can play what they want, for creators so they can engage new, larger audiences and build, run, and manage their games using best-in-class cloud tools and services. We've built this in partnership with Azure, which reaches more people than any other cloud provider. Since launching in 2020, we've seen tremendous growth. So far, more than 10 million people around the world have streamed games through Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta as part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Today, we reach another key milestone as we expand our business model to make cloud available to more people in even more ways going beyond Xbox Game Pass to provide our first free-to-play title. In partnership with Epic, Fortnite is available via Xbox Cloud Gaming so fans can play on an iOS device, Android phone, or tablet or Windows PC through web browser. This is just the beginning for us. We're going to learn, implement feedback, and in time, look to bring even more free-to-play titles to players through the cloud. Our continued growth and ability to enable new business models has been driven by the way we've evolved cloud to make it part of the Xbox ecosystem. We started off on Android only running off Xbox One S servers in our data centers. Since then, cloud gaming upgraded to custom Xbox Series X servers and launched on Windows PCs, Apple phones and tablets, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S, and we've even started rolling it out on Steam Deck. We've also seen the community loaded up on some unconventional devices via browser, although it looks like they're having a lot of fun. In total, players across all 26 countries have played on more than 6,000 types of devices from various flavors of Android phones to a range of PCs and iPhones from all generations. On average, Xbox Game Pass players who use Cloud Discover and play nearly twice as many games as Xbox Game Pass members who don't play on Cloud. There are now more than 150 Cloud-aware games featuring Touch, and we found games with Touch controls lead to more engagement. On average, we see two times increase in play for games that have Touch controls, and 20% of Xbox Cloud gamers use Touch exclusively. I'll never forget the first time I played a console game on my mobile phone, powered by the cloud. It was quite simply a magical experience. That was many years ago as we've been on this cloud journey for some time alongside a wonderful and engaged player community and incredible content partners. 
Together, we believe we have a bright future ahead for all players and creators. What a huge mega shell bomb drop of a news story this week. If you don't understand why this is so big, Fortnite has previously been removed from all Apple and Android devices, in conventional ways at least, because of the lawsuit between Apple and Epic. Now, you can actually play Fortnite on all those devices with a quick fix using Xbox Cloud Gaming. You don't need to sideload anything. You don't need to go behind firewalls, any of that. So this is a huge news story for them. As of the time of writing this, I finally ordered a backbone, not to play Fortnite, but because I was looking for one anyway. I'm about to travel, and on my previous traveling trip, I had to bring an entire controller, so I was like, you know what? I've heard really good things about the backbone. Let me try it out. Right before going to record this, I tried to pop it up, and nothing was loading. So I go to Twitter, and it seems like I guess everyone's trying to get in and try this because the cloud gaming has crashed. Bummer for today. They'll work it out. They'll fix it, and there's going to be a lot of time to play cloud gaming in the future. And I think the other big takeaway from this story is calling it Xbox Everywhere. I think this is going to be the key phrase we're going to hear at the E3 showcase in a couple weeks and what we're going to see and hear for the remainder of the future. They want to expand to TVs. They want to get their own streaming sticks. They want Xbox and cloud gaming and Game Pass everywhere. Anything that is a screen, they want it there and I think we're going to see it there. Number two, Square Enix sells Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and several studios to Embracer Group. CJ Wheeler at Rock Paper Shotgun writes, Square Enix are set to sell most of their Western studios and intellectual properties such as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and Legacy of Kane to Sweden's Embracer Group for $300 million. In cash, it has been announced. The studios being sold to Embracer include Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal, but not the UK-based Square Enix Collective. This means Square will retain publishing rights of IP including Life is Strange, Just Cause, and Outriders. The deal transfers around 1,100 staff to Embracer and more than 50 back catalog games. It's expected to conclude sometime between July and September, and the second quarter of Embracer's current financial year. Subject to regulatory approvals, Embracer held an hour-long livestream to detail the announcement, which you can watch in full online. Compared to Microsoft's billion-dollar buying splurge in recent years, Embracer have landed these AAA studios for cheap. They're only paying the equivalent of 960 million Freddos. Square Enix has been relatively quiet about the sale of most of their studios outside of Japan, but a statement on their website identified one of the benefits as allowing the company to launch, quote, new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud, end quote. Square Enix really love the blockchain. Unfortunately, they're not the only company seeing potential in the environmentally unfriendly technology, with Take-Two, Epic Games, and Ubisoft all keen on it as well. What an absolute shocking news story to see over the last week. And for such a low price given the acquisitions that we've seen in the past. I really do believe if Microsoft and Xbox weren't involved in the acquisition of Activision, they 100% would have outbid Embracer Group on this. Now let's really see if Embracer Group can actually manage because we talk about how many studios Xbox has. They have far more AAA, AA studios than Xbox even thinks about. We'll have to see if they can actually start to produce good games and if we start to recognize Embracer Group as one of the big publishers like EA and Ubisoft. Number three, Halo Infinite Multiplayer now supports 120Hz on Series S. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN writes, Halo Infinite Multiplayer now supports 120Hz refresh rate on Xbox Series S, bringing back a feature lost after the game's multiplayer beta. Players with a 120Hz monitor will be able to enjoy 120FPS gameplay, even on the less powerful Xbox Series console. The feature arrived in the Halo Infinite Season 2 Lone Wolves update, bringing 120Hz back to the Series F after it featured in the multiplayer beta but didn't make it to the full release. As pointed out in the full patch notes, players can upgrade the frame rate by accessing the video tab in the game settings menu. Series X users can also now lower their frame rate to 30Hz to prioritize graphics, though this probably isn't advisable for multiplayer modes. 
a short and sweet news story, but I had to include this just to make everyone aware who plays on the Series S, which I know is a lot of people, because you have to go in there to the video settings and update it for yourself. Absolutely play Halo Infinite at the highest FPS you can. Number four, Ubisoft's troubled Prince of Persia remake moved to a new studio. Emma Roth at The Verge writes, after an infinite delay and months without an update, Ubisoft has announced that it's moving the development of its highly anticipated Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake to its studio located in Montreal, Canada. The game was originally in the works at Ubisoft's India-based Mumbai and Poon Studios. Quote, the development of Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake will now be led by Ubisoft Montreal, the very birthplace of the epic Sands of Time trilogy, end quote, Ubisoft announcement on Twitter reads. Quote, this decision is an important step in the team, building on the work achieved by Ubisoft Poon and Ubisoft Mumbai, will now take the time they need to regroup on the scope of the game to deliver the best experience for the remake of an all-time classic when it's ready." Quote. Outside of assisting with games like Just Dance and Steep the Sands of Time remake marks the first major title Ubisoft Mumbai and Poon Studios have led development on. Ubisoft didn't expand on what prompted it to swap studios and it didn't immediately respond to The Verge's request for comment. The Sands of Time remake is notably supposed to be a remastering of the game, not just a reskin, built off of Ubisoft's Anvil Next Engine. It was initially slated for release in January of 2021 in the Xbox One, PS4, and PC. There's still no word on optimization for the Series X and S or PS5. What an absolute blunder of an announcement. How do you announce this game with a date of January 2021, and we are now in May of 2022 and you're swapping studios? I would not expect to see this game any earlier than the end of next year for all those Ubisoft and Prince of Persia fans. Number five, Xbox mobile app getting Instagram style makeover with new stories mode. Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer writes, A new update coming to Xbox's mobile app will introduce the shiny new stories mode. Quote, This month's update will bring you the activity feed on the Xbox app for iOS and Android in the form of stories. You'll be able to create, share, and view stories with your friends in the Xbox app and add priority tags for your console gaming experiences with quality of service tagging. And quote, Xbox wrote in a blog post yesterday, Quote, stories let you showcase your skills and keep up to date with your friends. You can share your favorite gaming moments, including game clips, screenshots, and achievements with your friends in the Xbox community. End quote. This new feature will work almost identically as stories on other apps, such as Instagram do. I think this is a cool little feature for all those social people on the Xbox platform. I know communities are big. I personally have used Looking for Group to play Destiny 2, but that's pretty much it. But I know there's millions of people out there that use it, so this is a good way for people to share their gaming moments. And number six, a WWE RPG is in development. Eddie Makic at GameSpot writes, A WWE role-playing game is in development and will be announced soon, the professional wrestling company has announced. Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon revealed this during the WWE earnings call this week, saying the company, quote, recently signed a new deal in the role-playing game space that will be announced soon, end quote. As reported by Wrestling Inc., McMahon mentioned this as part of the wider comments around the success of WWE's mobile games, including WWE Supercard, and WWE Champions. Whether or not the new WWE RPG is a mobile title, however, remains to be seen. For wrestling fans, I'm sure this is intriguing, especially seeing the success of WWE 2K22. Many people love that game, so an RPG in WWE could be something special. We'll see if this is actually a mobile game or more of a AAA experience. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is gonna be related to Xbox because we're talking about cloud gaming this week, so what was the first real cloud gaming experience? It was on live, if you remember. So let's see what Xbox learned from by doing a little history lesson on on live. Credit to Wikipedia. OnLive was a Mountain View, California-based provider of cloud virtualization technologies. OnLive's flagship product was its cloud gaming service, which allowed subscribers to rent or demo computer games without installing them on their device. Games were delivered to OnLive's client software as streaming video rendered by the service's servers, 
rather than rendered locally by the device. This setup allowed the games to run on computers and devices that would normally be unable to run them due to insufficient hardware and also enabled other features, such as the ability for players to record gameplay and to spectate. The service was available through clients for personal computers and mobile devices, as well as smart TVs and dedicated video game console style device known as the OnLive game system. OnLive also expanded into the cloud desktop market with a sister product, OnLive Desktop, a subscription service offering a cloud-based instance of Windows Server 2008, R2 accessible via tablets. This was founded in 2009, and it's important to note that on April 2nd of 2015 it was announced that Sony Computer Entertainment had acquired OnLive's patents and that all online services would be discontinued in April of 2015. Sony operates PlayStation Now, a similar service built using the infrastructure of Gaikai, a former competitor to OnLive. What an interesting history lesson was, I remember trying this back when it launched and it was mind-boggling. I couldn't believe I was launching some of these games and actually playing them. Now, they didn't play very well, but on my computer that was so old and dated at the time. Crazy to see how far we've come now that we can boot a Halo Infinite on a smartphone at any time and anywhere. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I didn't have too much time to play, but I did finish episode two, in Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Still really loving it. Nothing crazy. It's not an amazing game, but I'm such in a Star Wars mood right now that it's absolutely hitting that sweet spot for me. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Rosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.